2: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
1: Hey, welcome to Good Morning Football. Get on in here. We're presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky live in New York City. It's Wednesday, January 25th. Is it too close now? No, uh, this
2: is where the awards should go. I know,
1: game. you're oh, right, goodness. you're That's right. A majestic He's here. Shot. Right? <laughs> He's working hard today. I'm Jamie Earetal, it's Kyle Brandt, Peter Strage, Jason McCourty. It's a lot of movement in the show today with the yeah. beautiful curtains because we're doing something special. Big morning on GMFB. We've been revealing the finalists for all the top regular season awards. The winners will be announced at NFL Honors presented by Invisalign on February 9th. And now, here are the finalists for AP Offensive Player of the Year. Okay presented by Microsoft Surface. Here we go. Tyreek Hill, unbelievable season with Tua being hurt every now and then, coming off of a wide receiver year in tandem with Jalen Waddell. Fantastic year for the Dolphins. Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback, obviously you know his story and what he's done for this team. Justin Jefferson, some could argue he could be MVP, but Offensive Player of the Year nominee finalist looks good too. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes and everything he orchestrates with the Chiefs' offense. Peter, what do we make of this list?
3: Usually the MVP goes to someone, mm-hmm. and then the Offensive Player of the Year goes to someone else. In fact, I don't have a long history of player-winning MVP and Offensive Player yeah. of the Year, so mm-hmm. let's assume Mahomes is your MVP. Okay. Everyone's going to want to look at this guy. I'm going to this guy, yeah. Jalen Hurts. I feel like Jalen Hurts, Offensive Player of the Year, would make a lot of sense for what he did this season in the games that he played. 15-1 and as a starter for the Philadelphia Eagles. That includes the playoffs when it. When he was on the field, they won every game except for one against Washington. And Hurts did it all on the ground, through the air. I know that his stats are incredible, but the leadership qualities as well. As far as highlight reel, every single week you knew you were getting it. Offensive player of the year, I'm going Jalen Hurts. Did not play the complete season. Probably not going to be the MVP. But offensive player of the year,
2: I'll Mm. give it to him. Mm. But might be the MVP. We don't know. You know, uh, a few of you will get this. this. This category is always one of the most interesting ones. Peter's getting it. It's kind of like the intercontinental belt. It's not the heavyweight title belt, but Bret Hart still has it and you respect it. And I think it's going to here. I think it's going to Jefferson because, remember, it doesn't matter what he did or didn't do in the playoff game. This was a prolific performer week in, week out. So many 100-yard games, so many optics, so many storylines. This Vikings team dominated in the regular season. And I think if you sit down to vote and you look at these guys, the name just jumps off the ballot. And he's a likable, electric, incredible performer. I think it's going to go to Jefferson.
4: Yeah, it's, it's hard to deny that. We, we all said, oh, he could be an MVP, but this was kind of going to be the award he could possibly win. That's the way with it with The MVP going to a quarterback. And I'm with Peter. I'm going Jalen Hurts. Right. I think he's had an incredible year. There was so much doubt in the offseason. Hey, between him and Tool, who's gonna to be the guy to rise to the occasion, both getting a brand new receiver and AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill, obviously, for the Dolphins. And Jalen Hurts, he's performed all season long. And I think he was at the top of the list for the MVP until he went down with the injury. So I, I- I'm going Jalen Hurts for offensive.
1: I'll be honest. I was surprised to see this name. I don't know why. There was something about when you just think about the position. Mm. This guy, you know, biased or unbiased, just always led the Mm. position group for me. But I am also still going to go here. And I know I was banging this drum for MVP late in the season. But I think when you consider, again, total control and affect, when I looked back, not only in the numbers, but how this person affected their Mm. offense player of the year offensively. I, too, am going to go, Jalen.
3: Can I throw in someone her. who's not on this list yeah. and I think is playing this weekend? Travis Kelsey had a pretty good year this year. Mm. talk about offensive player of the year. That's
1: what I mean. Maybe was here.
3: there anybody unstoppable in more spots as often as Travis Kelsey was when it mattered most? Maybe yeah. had his best season as a pro and did it in a season where they lost Tyreek Hill as the big yeah.
2: I don't know if anybody is as good at their position as he is at tight end. Mm-hmm. I, he's just that good. But – Jason, this is usually what you say. Let's talk defense. Yes. Depoy, guys, AP Defensive Player of the Year in a non-Aaron Donald year. It's like a non-Merrill year at the Oscars. Also no T.J. Watt. Guys, here we go. These are the three. Nick Bosa, your classic front runner. Chris Jones of the Chiefs, underrated, still had 15 and a half sacks, came strong in the back half of the year. And then Micah Parsons, who could have won it last year, won Defensive Rookie of the Year last year, and is probably the most talented defensive player in the league. These are the three, three absolute beasts. Jason McCourty, who should get the hardware?
4: Obviously, the first and the third name has been the two that everybody's talked about all season long. I'm looking at this guy, Chris Jones, 15 and a half sacks this season from the interior, and he's dominant whoever's aligned across from whether it's a center whether it's a guard they know it's going to be a long day when chris jones is there and he also moves around that defensive line i think he's a leader there i love his voice when he goes to talk such a big guy and you guys know he doesn't have a playoff sack yet in his career Still doesn't have a playoff sack. And obviously, regular season award, but he'll be playing this week, and I want to see what he does.
1: Attempting to go two for two in my defensive pl- picks of the year. I could get in Hutchinson. i could okay. pick Nick Bosa as well. Nick Bosa, on an absolutely stacked defense, still was like the highlighted guy. He would do things, unbelievably nasty things to offenses. We are like, my God, who? What? Oh, of course, it was Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. He had an unbelievable year. This defense, I know, is talented. You could say, like, oh, he's really got a jump. I, I still think Nick Bosa is the guy that led the league again, week one mm-hmm. to the very end, and the the votes come in the day after the regular season ends. Nick Bosa is yeah. the guy.
2: Peter, do you think there'll be a, a gasp in the auditorium if a name other than Bosa is read? I think so, yeah. and
3: I'm going to make the case for one. Mm-hmm. It's not the Who's the sack leader award, right? It's, it's not. Who's the best defensive player in football? Who's the guy that you have to game plan against? If there's a knock on Nick Bosa, it's that Telenoa Hufanga is behind him, Freddie Warner's behind it? him. He's got Eric Armstead uh-huh. next to him. He had an amazing season, led the league in sacks. He'll win this award. I could see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, Micah yeah. Parsons, how do you prepare for him? Mm-hmm. He did it all. Did it all from the defensive line position. Did it all from linebacker. Did it all from defensive back when they needed to. <laughs> Micah Parsons is the most dynamic player in football because he is a positionless defensive player. I believe Nick Bosa will win this award and deserves it wholeheartedly. I also would say there's an argument to be made for the guy that didn't just lead the league in sacks. We do that every year. Who know, had the most sacks? I know. I know. No, I think Michael Parsons put on
2: quite a performance this season and did it from a variety of positions for Dallas. Peter, it's a good take. Jamie, what on earth do we have next? This is Here, very exciting.
1: Uh, it's thrilled. Here are the finalists for AP Comeback Player mm-hmm. of the Year. Ah. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. and Geno Smith. It's a great list. Mm. Great stories. That's kind of the beauty, I think, of one of my favorite awards yes. is Comeback Player of the Year is the stories behind these guys. And oftentimes there was an expectation. There was a ceiling. There had to have been a drop-off, and then here they come climbing up again. The McCaffrey name in the middle there is fascinating because it involves a trade midseason and what he has come on to do for the San Francisco offense. But then Geno Smith going undefeated against teams that had signed him previously as a quarterback this season. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, a classic up top, really a guy that people had written off with the New York Giants. This is a really specialist, Kyle, what do you think?
2: Uh, memories from NFL honors past. I was on the red carpet with Christian and he was uh, up that year for Offensive Player of the Year, and he had just done a thousand and a yeah. thousand. And I'm talking to him off the air, and I go, "You're gonna take this home, right?" He goes, "I never win any awards. I guarantee I won't win." I go, "What, what do you mean?" He goes, "I didn't win the Heisman. I won the Doug Walker. There's always somebody beats me out." Sure enough, even though he did a thousand and a thousand, he lost to Michael Thomas, who had the oh. all receptions record. Did not win. I'm gonna say it right now: McCaffrey also doesn't win this one. Oh, Kristen, I love it. You might win the Super Bowl, but I think this one's actually gonna go to Geno Smith.
3: Yeah, you know, for years it's who came back from the most catastrophic injury yeah. and played well. And then Ryan Tannehill won it a few years ago with the Titans and it was like he resurrected his career. I think Geno's the pick as well. I think Geno Smith on his fourth one year contract with the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith a guy who's 32 years old and has bounced around the league and has just been waiting for an opportunity to get back under center as a QB1 to take his team to the playoffs and to win so many key games throughout this season. Geno Smith not only resurrected mm. his career, but he gave a lot of different quarterbacks around the league who have been waiting their opportunity, waiting for a chance to shine, some hope that that could be them too. Mm.
1: It's the whole Geno Smith experience. In August yeah. during training camp, it was Drew Locke, Geno Smith. Yeah. Drew Lock Drew gets COVID. Geno Smith has to start a preseason game just because the other guy has COVID. And he ran away with it. Pete Carroll told us in Germany that, like, I wanted it to be a true, a tried and true competition until week one. But Geno Smith took that job and he never looked back. I think it's a fantastic story. I just love this for Geno Smith. Yeah,
4: I'm right with you, Kyle. Love Christian McCaffrey. Mm -mm, 49ers 49ers (laughs) are just so good, there's weapons everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> it's between Gino and Saquon. I'm, I love Saquon. I love his story. I remember we talked about him early in the season. He was on the podcast, and he was like, screw everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go crazy. And he did that this year. A giant team that nobody expected – to be where they were by the end of the season. And a lot of that was on the back of Saquon Barkley, especially the way he started the season off. Towards the end, they had to start to spread the ball around and get it to other guys, but Saquon Barkley, so fun to watch his rookie year, second year, and seeing him look like that guy again this year, was just tremendous to see.
1: These great names, really fun to talk about, guys, just to look at their body of work from the regular season and not, like, pick apart what's happening this weekend. (laughs) This is just really fun, really great stories all around. All the winners will be announced at NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign. Kelly Clarkson Mm -hmm. will be your host, live 9 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, February 9th on NBC, simulcast on Peacock and NFL Network as well. Enjoy the show then, but still have some things to keep up with, from now until February 9th, now to the Super Bowl. All right, still to come on Good Morning Football. Football. Thanks, Rapsi. The announcement we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Who's on the shortlist for MVP finalists of the year? We will reveal their names later on, Kyle.
2: If it's Mahomes again, does Paul Rudd give it to him again? Mm. That's that's usually his honors. he run it back? He honors.
3: Is he promoting the Ant-Man movie? He Hell yes. is. Ooh. Would
2: that not be a great synergy? Quantumania? That yeah, that's it. Oh. I'm there.
1: Good morning, football. And it's time to announce the finalists for the AP Coach of the Year and Assistant Coach of the Year 50 AP voters. The winners will be revealed as part of the 12th Annual NFL Honors right before Super Bowl 57. Here's a look at the Coach of the Year finalists. AP Coach of the Year. Here we go. It's a great list. Mm -hmm. Brian Dable, what he did with the Giants in the turnaround this season. Sean McDermott, unble- very talented, very skilled team, went through a lot of adversity, got his guys to where they needed to be. Doug Peterson, this team was 2-14 and 14 late December last year, being coached by Urban Meyer. He got Trevor Lawrence right in his second year. Kyle Shanahan, we already mentioned it, two quarterbacks went down. They were supposed to be, you know, awesome defense and a fantastic rookie quarterback getting into the playoffs. And then, of course, Nick Sirianni uh, with the Eagles getting them to another NFC championship. Kind of a super team as well, and a fantastic staff. Peter, this feels like this is where you just cook. Huh. Why don't you kick us off here?
3: Can't go wrong. I think this, wrong. Is, this is one of those years where you can't go wrong. I would focus on the work that Nick Sirianni did at the very bottom there. This was not a team that everyone had going to the Super Bowl, and from wire to wire, they were the best team in the NFC, and they finished with that one seed. To me, Sirianni and the Eagles from week one when they when they blew out the Lions to then all the way at the end when they found a way to to host the playoff game and get a bye. I go Sirianni and the Eagles as an interesting selection. Might be boring for the voters saying, hey, there was no come from nowhere, sorry. No, no, this was just wire to wire, the best team in the NFC.
2: It's interesting that you said that. I, in, in my opinion, if I was voting, he is not the most valuable coach in his own division. I, I, I just go here and I stop. I love all these guys. Listen, you want to talk about preseason expectations? The Giants might have had the number one overall pick in the draft going yeah. into this year with a guy who's never been a head coach before on any level and was riding Josh Allen's coattails in Buffalo. No, the Giants were in the playoffs and winning in year one. The way he did it, week one set the tone, going for it, getting the win. I think it's Dable with great candidates. I'd vote for Dable.
4: Yeah, you talk about great Ken is like some of these guys. There's a story to their season and their team. But Doug Peterson to me. I mean, this is a team Doug Peterson said when he took over. The team needed healing after what transpired for them as a team last year. And they had the first overall pick back-to-back years. I think it was four wins they had in the past two years. Doug Peterson goes in there. They win their division and they go on the wild card and get another win against the Chargers in such a crazy fashion. Yes, they lost in the divisional, but this is a regular season award. And Doug Peterson having them playing really good down the stretch was big.
1: I'm still working on my paperwork to submit to the AP for Comeback Coach coach of the year. I think that should be a category in and of itself because I think Doug Peterson would lead the list there. But my eye goes here because turning a team around is one thing. You have time to do that in the offseason. You can make decisions accordingly. You get handed certain situations to deal with stuff that this man dealt with on the fly. The 49ers this year easily could have been Remember that really good 49ers team that had that unbelievable defense led by Nick Bosa? Well, they dropped two quarterbacks along the way, and well, they petered out and never made the playoffs. That would have been an acceptable story to how the San Francisco year went for them. Mm mm. Kyle Shanahan got not one, but two quarterbacks right after they lost Trey Lance first, then Jimmy Garoppolo. And the team's only gotten better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unbelievable.
2: I'll tell you what, if we were going to do it based on who'd give the best speech, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see Nick speech. The
3: beacon. That's, That's the one. I'd love to see Nick's around mean mugging at the NFL <laughs> Honors. Yeah.
6: That's
3: mm. great. Display camera. Uh, all right. So there's the head coach of the year. Then there's this cool award that the AP does, the assistant coach of the oh. year. Let's announce the assistant coach right. of the year finalists here on Good Morning Football. These are the coordinators that really stood out. And the first is a 36-year-old former quarterback out of the University of North Carolina. Who had this Lions offense humming? Ben Johnson is first on the list. Number two, D'Amico Ryans. 49ers are the number one rated defense most of the season. D'Amico Ryans, their emotional leader and the architect of all of it. And number three, Eagles offensive coordinator. You see all the stuff that they do with Jalen Hurts. Shane Steichen works with Sirianni. Those are your three. Kyle Brandt, who stands out on your list? Well, listen.
2: This is becoming the household name. This is guys could be going to the Super Bowl. I'd vote right here with what he's dealing with. This is a loaded, talented defense. This is a loaded, talented offense with incredible players. Didn't have that much to work with. Didn't know what they were getting out of those guys. He's not as famous. He's not the biggest name in the room. He's not even in the playoffs. I'd vote for Ben Johnson.
1: It's, it's tricky. you got to close your eyes and think about the unit, the unit, not the team. And I'm gonna double down on my job as well. I am a 48 point game, I know it's 48, 45, but like don't care about what the defense does well. when you just look at his unit and job that he did with this offense. Tremendous.
4: I'm going to go with D'Amico Ryan's And Sure. You talked about, yeah, their star started. I remember asking some of our friends, hey, name the 49ers entire secondary. Mm. And they couldn't do it. Emmanuel Mosey goes down with an injury. D'Amador Lenore comes in there, Mm. continues to perform. Yes, they're on their third string quarterback. And they're able to do a lot of that because of who their defense is
3: and what they're able to do. I think D'Amico Ryan's had an incredible season and what he did was he took a Robert Sala defense and they didn't miss a beat. They got better and they added players. Telenoa Hufanga, a guy that was a fifth-round pick that no one had ever heard of coming into this season, is now an all-pro. D'Amico Ryan deserves so much credit. I will shout out Shane Steichen out in Philadelphia, though. What he's done, obviously we know Sirianni's an offensive coach, so you ding him for that, you say, oh, well that's actually Sirianni. Uh. Steichen's the guy who's drawn up a lot of this stuff and he's working with the quarterback, the run game coordinator, and of course course making it work that right there's Kevin Petulo who he works with Steichen is the guy on top of that and I think Steichen is really the architect of this offense in many ways
1: Peter again 50 voters just one or two names that could have been bing bing on this list as well who do you think they missed on
3: Ooh, who'd they miss on this one let's think I would say Mike Kafka the You're Giants like offensive coordinator mm-hmm. for what he did with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I thought he might deserve a place in this top three. You can literally go anywhere. Yeah. There's so many. You can yeah. get Lou Anarumo out in Cincinnati yes. with yes. what they did. Yes. And, of course, you look at Dan Quinn in Dallas and what their defense did. All
1: right. All the winners will be announced at NFL Honors presented by Invisalign. Kelly Clarkson will be your host. Hell yes, Kelly. Live 9 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, February 9th on NBC and a simulcast on Peacock and NFL Network. That's all. Kelly Clarkson. Oh, Kelly
0: Clarkson. Huge. Love that huge. Good morning. Football is presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. What's your beef?
1: Those are our guys. Time for What's Your Beef presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky? For that beautiful bowl of meat. Is that-
2: <laughs> it's exactly what it is.
1: That's <laughs> exactly what it is.
2: Beautiful bowl of
1: meat. Yeah. I'm
2: in. Uncle Screw
4: phrases, phrases I was not prepared for. To be. Well,
1: guess what? Here we are. This is where we've landed. All right, it's that time of year when we're talking about beef jerky, but also mm. the teams that are looking for coaches. Fan bases around the league are always critical of their hires, and we're going to tug at your heartstrings here with a couple mm. of questions. Names, spots that they could fit in, all the above, and we're going to do it in front of this beautiful bowl of meat. All right, Tom Pellicero reported that the Broncos interviewed David Shaw for their head coach position. What do you think, Peter, about Shaw's fit With the Denver Broncos, we
3: know David Shaw is one of the most uh, legendary college coaches of his era. Won a bunch of games. Uh, The connection here is Condoleezza Rice is the former Secretary of State, a Stanford alum, and obviously has a long relationship with David Shaw. David Shaw comes in, and if you're talking about a, a, a boat that's on uneasy waters right now, David Shaw comes in, and he. He puts you right back on a path. Now, yeah. is David Shaw the long-term answer as a head coach in the NFL after you know, coaching since 1997 as an NFL assistant and now coming in? I'm not sure every fan would draw that in, but for what the Broncos need and the comfort level that that ownership group might have, David Shaw could make sense as the CEO and saying, hey, you know, first-year head coach last time, you had a first-year head coach the other time. Yeah. Here I come in, and I can put some stability to this thing. Again, Condoleezza Rice, Stanford, David Shaw, Stanford, both incredible, incredible, accomplished people. Is that an innovative offensive mind that you're looking at as far as some of the other young guys in the league? No, probably not. It's more of a, hey, here's an adult in the room who's going to get this thing back in order. Now,
4: Peter, (laughs) when you look at, like, a David Shaw coming from the college ranks, they just had another college coach coming from there. Do you think, like, all right, yeah, David Shaw's totally different. Yeah, bring him on in. Then who? Then who's Urban? Like, who's the other college coach? No, I'm sorry, not – but I'm just saying – college coaches in the NFL making that transition's been a struggle. Is there
3: it's not for every team. Yeah. I think what do you think as a player? And here comes the college coach.
4: I I think it's it's extremely different than being in the pros. I think when you're in college you're dealing with young men coming in 18, 19 years old who's just trying to figure out who I am. And the pros you have grown men, kids, the way you talk, the way you teach is such a totally different game. David Shaw is so respected amongst so many people, his peers in the college ranks was in the NFL. So I think it's very interesting interviewing somebody, obviously, uh, well qualified for the role.
2: I'm sprinting away from a college coach right now. Mm -hmm. And David Shaw did some incredible things at Stanford. He has incredible upbringing in the NFL, and he's really respected amongst anybody who works with him. It's nothing personal against him. I've seen a lot of these college coaches. They're wizards. They're gurus. Bring them in. I just think at this day and age, especially bringing college coaches into the pros, not only are they accustomed to working with young amateurs, you're depriving them of their number one asset as a coach, and that is salesmanship and recruiting. You're not really doing that in the NFL. And so if I look at Denver or <laughs> First-year guy, first-year guy, college guy? I, I don't like it at all. I would much rather go with somebody like Dan Quinn, who has been an NFL head coach. There's nothing personal against David Shaw. Pull up the track record, guys, of the college coaches. It's it's, it's brutal. brutal. It's brutal. And there's a couple, and there's Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is an alien. Don't go chasing Jim Harbaugh. He's an unbelievably unique person. I don't think that's the answer. And David Shaw has a great career. I wouldn't want to hire him as my head coach in the NFL right now.
1: I want to get to the next one quickly. Um, of the nine current vacancies at offensive court, Coordinator position. Which team? Which job do you find most appealing, Peter? Here's a list.
3: I'd sprint to LA, and I'm not talking about the Rams. I would want to be with Justin Herbert, and I would attach myself to the hip of Justin Herbert for the next 20 years if hmm. I can. I would rather be Justin Herbert's offensive coordinator than head coach of some of these teams that are vacant right now. Uh, I think hmm. Herbert does, is everything. He's got the arm. He's got the build. He's got the attitude. He's got the personality. He's got He's got it going on, and if you can attach yourself to Justin Herbert, you can help him flourish. I I think that's very rare that an offensive coordinator attached to Justin Herbert is available. I would want that gig. Yeah, Yeah, It's it's hard to look away from that with Herbert and then Staley there.
4: You have control of the offense. Not only Herbert, but you also have Eckler in the backfield. You have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams. But I'm also interested in the Baltimore Ravens, and obviously there's a lot going on uh, with Lamar being a free agent. But if you can bring Lamar back, his talent – and the one thing everybody criticized about him is his ability to throw the ball from the pocket. If you can come in there as an OC and develop that and he takes off, I mean, my goodness, the way
2: everybody around the
4: league is going to look at you.
2: I look at the Jets. I think I it's too. interesting. I like Salah. I like this idea. Look, when, when we get Garrett Wilson catching passes from mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, it's going to be the most beautiful <laughs> thing you've ever seen. And you can just show up and cook. I, Not I, Rodgers? No, I don't, I, I don't no. think so.
0: I think that's a fallacy.
3: Joining us now is one of our all-time favorite guests on Good Morning Football. She is a Grammy winner, she's an Oscar winner, and most importantly, she is a Chiefs fan through and through. Ladies and gentlemen, no further announcements needed because she is a Day One Good Morning Football VIP. The Gracias, yes.
5: the three.
3: <laughs> Hello, good morning, football. That's yeah. right. Good morning to you. We love having you on the show. Let's start with the breaking news. We just announced the MVP finalist for this year. And of course, Patrick Mahomes is one of the five finalists. What did you make of Patrick Mahomes' season? And should he be the MVP for the second time in his NFL career, Melissa? Mm-hmm.
7: Oh, of course. It's so funny that we've all kind of gotten used to his greatness. You know, he's, it's like, okay, he just did, you know, all the yards and all the touchdowns, just it, it, better than most of his years. And it's so funny that it's like, oh, no, it's, it, of course it's him. He's, he, the crazy thing about him is he makes it look kind of easy. You know, he, 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 except for the last game with him falling on his ankle. He looks, he just, he makes it look so smooth and fun. And so, of course, I I just, I don't think there's any, you know, doubt. I mean, Jalen Hurts has been amazing. Yes, absolutely. And very valuable. But I think the whole league really values uh, what Patrick Mahomes does. Yeah, you're right when you said uh, I've had
4: to play against that guy. It's not so much not so fun when you're on the opposite side and I just want to say I'm excited to be able to talk to you because this week when everybody heard the news that you were coming on the show, the excitement around the show, everybody to have you on has just been amazing, it's been awesome and you talked about Patrick Mahomes going down with the ankle injury, but they still pulled off the win, were able to take down the Jags at home. I want to know, where were you watching the game? What was the experience like watching your Chiefs punch their ticket to another AFC Championship game?
7: It's I I can't unless a lot of a lot of people, a lot of um, football fans know what it's like for their team not to win year after year, after year, after year, after year, after year, after year. And, um, you know, for 50 years, we (laughs) sorry, Vikings fans. (laughs) But, uh, you know, five years ago, when Patrick started doing his thing, it's been so amazing year after year to be in the mix, to be in the playoffs, to be in the divisional round. And then when we got to the, the, the championship to, to be there, it's so exciting. So I, I never want to get used to that. I never want to go, Oh, we didn't make the, you know, play, the, the championship. It's exciting every single time they do. And of course, you know, I'm in here, my children know, you don't talk to me. Sometimes they like to come in and listen to mom curse, you know, cause that's the only time I ever yeah. do. But, <laughs> but um it's uh you know it's 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 really fun in my house. It's just been fun for me. And it the, the the Chiefs are just such a such a fun team to watch.
1: It's gonna be really fun to watch an AFC Championship rematch. Melissa, do you make exception to go to Arrowhead for an AFC championship game to send your team potentially to a Super Bowl, or do you still want to privately stress out and curse apparently at your TV?
7: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have been to um, a championship game. I was there actually uh, the first year when uh, I, uh, I think it was uh, Jason. You were part of uh, keeping us from going to that Super Bowl I'm so happy. in 2000. so happy
4: that you said you were at that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a beautiful one. <laughs> oh, my
7: God. The red stage was back there. I don't and even, it was it, all ready to it, go out. Yeah, I sang. I sang the national anthem at that one, yes, and we, we'll, you know, except except for I think D Ford uh, a couple of inches, we had to beat. <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh, yeah, Melissa, She remembers. It's true. It but um, that walk out of the stadium when we lost the the that slow march back to our cars was so painful. It, you really, I mean, I, I know there's again, I know there's uh, fan bases that know that, but uh, this year I will be here. In in warm los angeles and i will be mm. um, uh, watching with my family and it, I, I like to do my angsting in in private in my home <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: the glo- here's a lyric the glory at home is better than the heartbreak in person is that's mm. what i'm hearing from you melissa um, mm, i need a raw a, yeah, reaction a lyric, yes. thank you i need a raw reaction from you when i when i say this one to you we've it's bubbled to the surface now that some people are ca- calling it Borough Head Stadium. Ooh,
7: oh, what are your thoughts? Ouch, ouch. That is Ow. so dangerous <laughs> for them. That is so That's so um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> You saw what happened when uh, Lawrence, when uh, Trevor Lawrence was like, uh, I don't know if uh, it's going to be as loud as the Jaguars stadium. But, and you saw the very first play. I mean, the very, very first play that he had the ball. He's like going, uh, uh, I can't. You know, he's, It's so loud in the stadium. We take everything very personally. And to say, I can't even say that. I can't even say what they've been saying. And, um, I, you know, yeah, go, go right ahead you guys go right ahead there's nothing like firing up arrowhead stadium there's it's just not mm. Mm. all right so melissa what's going to be the better
2: uh super bowl matchup is it Bengals niners or Bengals eagles
7: <laughs> here we go <laughs> 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 kyle we thank, we to I, I love
1: that i've snowmobile. known you
7: so long i know i know it's I know. like every year i go on i i, I say but but kyle <laughs> you know what e- eagles are 49 that's going to be a good game too uh yes, eagles are 49ers i'm I think it'd be nice to see the Eagles because we've seen the 49ers. So I think it'd be nice to see the Eagles. That'd be a nice
1: mm. Eagles.
7: That nice colors and everything. Eagles Chiefs, you know, oh, be yeah. good.
1: Very Christmassy.
2: Eagles Chiefs would be great. Let me let me let me give you something fun here, Melissa. Um, week 18, Chiefs Raiders. The Chiefs are slapping around the Raiders like usual. The game didn't matter much, but we were still treated to one of the strangest, most eccentric trick plays that old Andy Reid has ever drawn up. <laughs> it's the ring around the rosy play. <laughs> Melissa, your thoughts?
7: no it's a, it's the snow globe that is not ring around the. Yeah. Ring. that is a, that is a okay. worked out play and what that shows <laughs> what that showed us is our team has joy in what they're doing and yes. oh, come on <laughs> that's awesome our team that that we can uh that they can bring these plays to andy reed who is you know the boss of the bosses and 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 say look we want to do this because it'll it'll confuse them they won't know where we are and it's fun and it's it, it, they just bring that new kind of sparkle and I know some mm-hmm. people were like oh that's you know, but that it's fun it's fun and I, I love mm-hmm. football being fun yeah and we need some yeah, that I, I Imagine, listen, you're at, the,
2: you're, you're at the end of a long tour, maybe, and you've seen a million faces, and you rock yeah. them all. and Maybe one night you do a different version of the song, or you slow it down, or you speed it up. Like that's kind of what they're doing. They've been at this years now. They need to trick out the song list a little bit, right?
7: You have to make it fun, you have to make it uh, yeah. I- enjoyable, you have to uh, uh, enjoy yourself or else it becomes work and you don't want it to become work, you want it to be joy. Mm-hmm.
3: Melissa, we, we, we love having you on the show. Take us real quick through your Chiefs fandom, where it started and why you are someone who lives and breathes Chiefs every single day, even in the off season.
7: Yeah, my people ask me that because I, I during the playoffs, each time we win a game, I, I fly a flag in my uh, front yard. And um you know some people, the neighbors walk by and they go, uh, Casey, why I' was like, I was born in Leavenworth, Kansas, born and raised in Kansas. My father was a high school uh, basketball coach, sports athletic director and he loved football and he he came from St. Louis, but when he moved to Leavenworth, he became in the early 60s when the when the team came to Kansas City, he became a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And um, I remember the 1970 Lenny Dawson, uh, Bobby Bell. I, I remember that Super Bowl, 1970, when we beat the Vikings. And uh, the last, sorry, the last time that they were in the Super Bowl. And um, or I think oh, that might have not been. I might be wrong there, but it's been a long time.
3: I love it. Even <laughs> <not> <laughs> sorry, there's like three other. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I love it. <laughs>
1: So Peter's chuckling so, at um, your, You're going toe
7: to toe with Shregs right now. I love the no, 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 no. Oh, Shregs is the king at this. So, um, but <laughs> I, I just I loved it. I was there. I've been there. I sort of in the 80s, early 90s. I lost a little track because I came out here and I only saw when they played the Chargers or the Raiders. You know, because they, we didn't have cable TV then. And you know, but then boy, once uh, Direct TV came and I got to watch all the games. Then you know, I've just I've just been crazy fan. I love it. It's something that doesn't leave your blood.
3: I love that. Shifting gears a little bit, last week we learned of the passing of legendary musician David Crosby. Not only was Mm. he an inspiration to you as an artist, but he's also the biological father of two children. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say and just remember about David Crosby, one of the most incredible musicians who just passed away at the age of 82?
7: Well, he's he himself would tell you he certainly lived longer than he thought he would. He um, Every time I'd say, hey, how are you doing? He'd go, well, I'm I'm pretty good for a guy that should have been dead, you know, 10 years ago. And he gave us so much great music and he gave me the gift of family. And I just, uh, I just send all my love to Jan and, and everybody. He was a really special guy. He was very cantankerous. He definitely, you know, let his mind and thoughts be known and he gave the world so much great music and he will be missed. It's great to hear that. Everybody
2: dies, not mm. everybody really lives, and um, I'd love to hear your message there, Melissa, and we also love to do this with you each and every year. You have come on for years. You are a Hall of Fame guest, and you always <laughs> give us a song. Excited. Melissa, we're almost to the point where you might be able to f- have a full album of anthems that you've so- done. We're going to turn the microphone and the floor over to you. You mm-hmm. might have a new song for us. If you do, let's rock.
7: I do. You know, it's a funny thing because when I I first got the call about, you know, Let's Go On, I was like, I I just can't sing any more songs because, you know, know, but then I really had an idea of what I wanted to sing about. So, um, yes. well, let me just say it this way. I don't want to write a song about the Chiefs going all the way. Because the last two years that I did, well, they lost one. And the next one, they didn't even play. All right. So... (laughs) I'll just let the Chiefs take care of the winning. But there's one thing that's really got me spinning, sort of like a snow globe. Hmm. I'm gonna sing a song about, huh? Angry Runs and Jerick McKinnon. Hey! <laughs> well, he's the one that gets it done. How about that block on Olacon? He does more than push and shove. Come on, Kyle, let's show him some love. You know that he looks so good in that scepter's glow. And don't even get me started on Pacheco. Yeah! (laughs) Yes, Peter, the dynasty's beginning. And maybe that's the reason why I'm grinning. Yeah! Yeah. I'll let my Chiefs take care of the winning. Come on, guys, let's get it done. (laughs) You even gave one to Shaq. No, oh, that's here you go. Come on, guys, let's get it done. You even gave one to Shaq and Kenny Smith one. Ah, Ha, it's time to give an angry run to Jarek McKinnon.
2: Melissa deserves a scepter. Yeah. You know what? And Melissa's got her guitar. Melissa, this is the scepter right here. Before we send one to Jet or Pacheco, we're sending one to you right now. Yeah. You're getting down yeah. the scepter. Uh, we're I'm sending it, right it that back. Way. Watch the mail. We're an angry right, song. Right <laughs> angry yes. songs. Yes, Melissa. <laughs> oh yeah. Unbelievable. Awesome. Unbelie- <laughs> we're sending it. What an honor. A huge oh, honor. What an honor. Huge Jared. honor. Look at wow. Oh, that's, that's so, so that's cool. Man. What a great track.
7: I'm in awe. So am I. Amazing. So
2: am I. You're the best. We love you. We thank oh, you. Oh, you guys. We're rooting
7: for the Chiefs on your behalf. Go do it. Let's go do it. Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you, Jamie and Jason. You're, good. you're, you're doing yeah, awesome. you're doing awesome. You. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. They are? Oh, they are.
2: All right. That's a legend. Go <laughs> Chiefs. We legend. love you, Melissa. Melissa. we love you. Thank <laughs> you. See you later. Oh, my gosh. This the best. There's a song about Jarek McKinnon, guys. You don't Jared hear a
1: lot McKinna. of uh, yeah
5: McKinnon. Yeah.